If you hate anxiety and want to learn what you can do to get rid of it, then you're in the right place. I'm Larry Quicksall, a mental health therapist with 30 plus years in the field. I've spent the past decade specializing in helping those with severe anxiety disorders, and today I'm bringing my knowledge, insight, and experience to this podcast. My goal is simple, to help you escape the pain and frustration of anxiety so you can better enjoy your life. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Today, I want to address a question that a lot of times is asked of me by people over the internet, and that is, how do I choose the right therapist for me? Well, that that should be an easy question, but it's also a complex question if you're looking for the best therapist for you. There's a lot of good therapists out there. The vast majority are excellent uh, or very good. People often have a passion to help others, which led them to what they're doing. But is each therapist the right one for you? Well, no, because they may be specializing in one area and you have an issue in another area. But I thought I would just try to tackle this question a little bit and kind of look at it on two different levels. Okay, The first is I would definitely go with a therapist that is licensed. Uh, there's different. They could be a licensed psychologist. They could be a licensed professional counselor. I myself, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And what that licensure means is that in the state in which they operate out of, and I'm, I'm going to speak just to the United States, um, each state has uh, the criteria that must be met to be licensed. And so usually it entails a certain amount of education from accredited uh, uh, universities, and then they must pass some sort of a licensure exam. Uh, so uh, you can go to the state in which you live and go to the uh, which part of your state government handles licensing. You know, do a little bit of a Google search. You should be able to find it uh, because it's different from state to state. And there's usually a lookup where you can look up a specific therapist and they'll tell you what their license is. It'll tell you uh, when they got it, and it'll also say if there's been any sanctions uh, or violations. Has there been any reason why they have lost uh, their licensure? But you can verify whether they are licensed. Another thing to think about uh, would be, are they ethical? Uh, Therapists are humans. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they make very bad mistakes, especially if they're at a time when they are vulnerable because life happens to them as well. And so sometimes on the licensing sites, they will list certain violations. Professional organizations may list uh, uh, violations. Uh, And I think that's a a question that's uh, valid to ask. You know, have there been any ethical problems in your practice over the years? Do, you know, and if something happened in the past, doesn't mean they should be blacklisted forever. It could have been from a very trying time in their life, and they have changed. They have made amends. They have, uh, you know, uh, rectified that problem in their life and in their practice. And they may be a very good, successful, and effective therapist. But it's something to look at. Also, look to see if there's any reviews. 
uh, online, there's a variety of different places uh, that will allow for you to place a review of a counselor or a therapist that you have worked with. And uh, just because you can't find one doesn't mean like they're not a good one. It just means that, you know, the uh, different review sites just don't know about that person or no one has simply entered a review. Also, a thing to probably look at is, and again, you can do this with a Google search, is are they published? You know, some people will write books. Some people may contribute to books. They may have articles that they have published. Uh, some may be professional journals. Uh, others may be just uh, uh, that they have published on their websites or they have done podcast or uh, they've done uh, video publishing. There's a variety of different ways that therapists can publish if they have that desire. If you don't find any publishing, that doesn't mean they're not good. But if you do, that can give you an idea of who they are and what their approach is. You can read what they're saying. And then it may, you know, you may read that and say, eh, I don't know about this one. I, I that's That's not kind of what I want to go with. Or you may say, holy cow, this person, when they write, it's like they're talking to me. So that can be a good thing in helping you make a decision. Now, kind of like on another thing, let's say you, um, you've you picked somebody out. You're having your first session with them. Uh, I think it's very good to ask questions. Uh, I try to give people that I meet for the first time the opportunity to ask me any question they want. Uh, I figure if I'm going to be asking them questions, it's only right that they should have the opportunity to ask me as long as they're appropriate, you know? Uh, so, you know, one is, um, are they knowledgeable in what you are going there to get help for? So since this is the I Hate Anxiety podcast, uh, are they knowledgeable about anxiety? Just because they have a degree, just because they have a license, just because they've been practicing for a while, doesn't necessarily mean that they are knowledgeable in all areas. So ask them about their knowledge on anxiety. Um, also, ask, you know, have they gone? Have they gone to different workshops or trainings? Did they do any specialized um, educational programs on anxiety? Uh, have they published anything on anxiety? Uh, the next would be experience. Now, there, there's a level of fairness you have to go with here. And, you know, uh, it's kind of like whenever somebody is trying to get a job, they're looking for experience. But if you're new in the profession, how do you get experience if no one will give you the opportunity to gain experience? So uh, that doesn't, you know, so it's, it's kind of like if it's a new therapist, they're kind of fresh and green. They're right out of the gate. Um, I think it's, I think it's very, um, can be very beneficial to ask them what has been your experience? You know, if you haven't been out, out too long, what have you learned in these few years? Who have you been working with most? Uh, they may have a passion for working with anxiety, even though they haven't had a lot of experience doing it, they may have gained a lot in that time period. They may have gone through some personal experiences that they're able to utilize and, and apply to their counseling practice that gives them an edge maybe over someone else. Uh, you could have somebody also, but I think, you know, if, 
if it was me going, I would be trying to find the person with the most experience that I could get. And it's not knocking people that are fresh out of the gate, but we're talking about, if I'm talking about me, if you're talking about you, I recommend trying to find people who have a lot of experience in the area that you're seeking help with. And has their experience been helpful to the people? But I'll talk more about that in a moment. I also would, my, my, my take is to find people who are varied in their approaches. If you've had an intro to psychology class, like in college, um, you have probably learned about different theoretical approaches. There is cognitive, there is psychoanalytic, there is behavioristic, there is cognitive behavioral, uh, there is learning theory based, there's various approaches. And I know when I went through my master's program, one of my instructors said, you need to pick a single approach and stick with the single approach. I didn't buy that. Um, that's kind of like, uh, here's a house full of windows. Only look out one window. Ignore all the other windows. No, I'm not going to do that. What if I want to see something from a different vantage point? So I'm a believer in having a varied, eclectic approach. And so I think uh, that's something that's very valuable for you to uh, maybe discuss with a person. You know, do, uh, it's kind of like, think of it like a toolbox. Uh, if I'm going to a mechanic, I want them to have as many tools as they can afford available to use to fix my car. And the same approach I take with counseling. We need to have a lot of different approaches from a lot of different vantage points. So if one area doesn't or one approach doesn't work, we can pull from another, you know, set of tools out of our tool bag. This one is going to be very subjective. And that is, is the, the therapist personable? Are you making a connection with them? And that's subjective. Some people will think a therapist is great and other people may think that therapist is lousy because of the personability or your ability to make connection. I think this is important. Um, and I try to, you know, be very uh, aware of this when I'm working with somebody is to make that connection. Now, I'm not talking about like a social connection. We're going to be buddies and stuff like that. No, that's not appropriate. We need to keep a professional boundary when we're working something with someone professionally. Um, but can you connect? Because if you can't connect with the person, it's going to be very hard to follow through and do what they're asking you to do. The trust will, you know, you need to be able to trust the person. And, and when we make connections, we can trust better. We will more likely do the things that the therapist is asking us to do. So, you know, they need to be somebody that's personable to you. And it's no fault on your part. It's no fault on their part. It's, um, but I think it's an important thing. And then finally is success. What is their success rate? Now, they may, they probably will not be able to give you a percentage. We just, in the field, unless you're doing research and you're going to publish research, you don't keep track of that. But what you can do is say, have you worked with somebody that sounds like uh, or similar to the issues that I'm presenting? And what, ha what has been your success with those people? 
how do you measure success? Do you measure success as, as a total cure? Do you measure success with a certain amount of progress? And, uh, and what's the likelihood uh, of success? What is your confidence that, you know, hey, Mr. Mrs. Therapist, you know, what is your confidence in uh, being able to, to successfully treat me? So those are several different things that, you know, I would be considering if I'm looking to um, uh, utilize a therapist uh, to help me with uh, anxiety or, you know, in essence, any kind of issues. So I hope that's been helpful. And, um, uh, and uh, if you're needing to find a therapist, that um, uh, I hope that you get a, a good one and don't be afraid to ask them tough questions because you're interviewing them too. You're going to be putting um, some financial resources into it. You're going to be putting a time commitment into it. And you want to make sure you're going to get good value for your investments. So you can move past the anxiety that is plaguing your life. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need counseling or therapy, seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or your local emergency number or go to your local emergency room.